everybody doing today? Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Loving the fact that we're beginning to get beautiful weather, right? This week has been nothing short of wonderful. Although, you know we are not completely out of the woods when it comes to receiving tricky weather, right? It's still a pleasure to see some sunshine. I was so excited to see the sunshine. And you, you, you know what? We really take it for granted what sunshine does for us. We really, really do. And we really need to take the time to appreciate the sun when it comes out, right? It certainly put a smile on my face. I know that for sure. But I hope everyone had a great week. And I'm glad that you're all tuned in this morning to the show. I'm always happy when people want to hear, thus saith the Lord, right? And if you missed any of my previous topics, you can find them on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Look for my show page, What Would Kay Say? There you'll see my archives. And I'm also on Spotify and iTunes. So... Today is February 28th, and that means that it's the last Sunday of the month. Also, the last Sunday, the last day, actually, of Black History Month. So, with that, I found it only fitting today to discuss the role of church in the Black community, right? And I guess the stars were aligned for this because I had thought about it. I was trying to think of a topic to end Black History Month, although I really didn't go into details of Black history in this Black History Month because to me, I feel every Sunday there's a part of Black history that I give all the time. But with this being the last day, I said, you know, I should 
do something a little bit more, something that's more related to black history. So I decided to talk about the role of the church in the black community, right? So I know the importance that the church has played in my life and the life of my family and how it has shaped the way I raised my son, right? And also shaped the man that he turned out to be. So as I had often stated, when I'm preparing for a show, God will give me the vision and I'll begin working on it throughout the week. The topic intrigued me, but I wasn't sure which angle I wanted to tell the story from because I've always known the importance of going to church and what it meant to the black community over the years. So I wanted to get the information correct and approach it in the correct manner. That being said, the church has meant different things to different people at different times. Some are drawn to the church to find a mate. Some are drawn to the church to obtain a better understanding as to why they are alive. And there are those that are drawn to the church thinking that, well, if I go to church, I'm not as bad a person as some might believe me to be, or at least I'm better than they are. They don't even go to church. The foundation for this discussion came about after I watched a documentary on PBS called The Black Church. And I will incorporate a lot of the information that I obtained into this whole part of this whole discussion that I'm having with you today. I also had a conversation with my sister, her not knowing that I was thinking about speaking on this subject. We began talking about the role of the church today. She often expressed concerns around the many denominations that have sprung up within the Christian community, stating that God only has one church, not various denominations. She said that the church needed to get back to the basics. I chimed in that everything would fall into place if everyone were allowed to just work out their own salvation according to what God has said. It was then that I knew what I was definitely going to discuss. That got me to thinking, what does that really mean? What are the basics? I stated that everyone would be better off if they were left to deal with God on their own. But as I started really thinking about that conversation, I understood it to be both. Meaning that when a person knows God, truly knows God, and when they are left to work out their own understanding as it pertains to their salvation, everything would flow better within the body of Christ. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stated in an interview that the most segregated hour in this nation was Sunday at 11 a.m. And it's true. The church is still the most segregated major institution in America. This was also stated in the documentary, and I'm going to tell you how that came to be. As the film chronologically laid out how the church got started, 
I noticed that it wasn't just the story of the black community. It was actually telling the story of the community of God. And if I was going to tell the story of how the church became the focal point in the lives of African-Americans, I would have to begin with how Christianity was first introduced to black people, its evolution here in America, and the importance of fully understanding how we got to where we are so that we can get to where we need to be. So thinking about that and the statement that the church needed to get back to the basics, watching the documentary about the black church, it became so clear to me. When you think about it, the black church was the first institution that black people created for themselves post-slavery. It became their community, their place of refuge, the place that established a sense of hope. It was in the church that freed slaves could get together to discuss all the happenings that was going on on the plantations, right? The church was the first place that they could come together to speak to one another and find out what was going on in everyone's life. It provided a place of hope, right? So Africans became indoctrinated into Christianity by the missionaries that came ashore along the African coast. But when the missionaries began teaching the Bible, they displayed a form of Christianity that emphasized humility and docility. Not that anything is wrong with being humble, but there is certainly something wrong with being docile, especially in the kingdom of God. That is not what God is about. Yes, we have humility, but that coupled, the humility coupled with the understanding that you are created in the image of God gives you a positive outlook concerning yourself. Being a Christian is not about being docile or just having piety. When they began teaching the Africans as slaves, they found that the more the African people understood what the Bible really meant in their lives, they, the more they began to question themselves about the role of slavery. After coming to America, in the beginning, the plantation owners taught the Bible as it was written. All the books were given as sermons. Everyone believed that they were blessed of the Lord and that they would be prosperous. Although when the slave owners took their slaves to church, they had to sit in the balcony. The slaves had to sit in the balcony away from the other parishioners. But as time went on, the slaves began to believe the same truths that they were hearing being spoken in the church. The slaves believed that they were created in the image of God and that blessings would come to them as well. They believed that one day God would send someone to free them from their chains of bondage, just as he had done the Jews in the book of Exodus. It was at that point that the white slave owners began removing important parts of the Bible, the parts that would give a person a sense of themselves or any part that they felt would allow them to believe 
that they mattered in the eyes of God. So the white slave owners was like, hey, wait a minute. We're taking them to church because we're thinking that we're giving them only the part of the book that's making them, you know, believe that they should be docile and listen to what we say. But in actuality, when the books were being taught or when the sermons were being preached, they were preaching everything that was in the Bible. So when you hear a scripture that says you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you were created in the image of God, everybody's hearing that the slaves in the balcony and the parishioners that's sitting on the first floor. So of course, if the slaves are hearing us, it's like, wait, Hey, wait a minute. Did they just say that we were created in the image of God? And is God this almighty being that's blessing and prospering and freeing? We heard he freed the Jews and exit. Hey, doesn't that pertain to us as well? So, you know, at that point, the white slave owners were like, oh no, we can't have this happening because if they believe that there's somebody, then why would they want to be doing what we're trying to get them to believe they should be doing? So of course, you know, when they started removing parts of the Bible so that the black slaves would not hear those stories or those sermons, you know, the first book that was taken out was Exodus, right? Because that's the book that talked about God freeing the Jews from the Egyptians. But black people did see themselves as one day being freed from their oppression, right? As well, if they only kept worshiping the Lord. Black people at this time was also beginning to identify with Jesus, seeing that God, like I said, had created man in his own image, a concept that white slave owners quickly dispelled because they still wanted the black man to continue to see himself as less than, right? So this concept was not only for the slaves, but for the owners as well, because not only were they trying to convince the slaves that they were less than, they were also trying to convince themselves as being the slave owners that these black men and women were less than in order to justify their continued participation in the slave trade. So now here it is, that right there is telling you, if you have to manipulate the word of God so that your heart can feel right in order to justify why, why you're doing something that you know you should not be doing to another human being, there's a problem. There's a problem right there because you have to now convince yourself that what you're doing is the correct thing to be doing. There's a problem there. So now we all know that history never tells the entire story, right? And if we were to believe what was written in history, we would believe that all the Africans brought over here to America to become slaves were ignorant and had no sense of reading, writing, or understanding. But that was not the case. Africans had been practicing religion within their own country for centuries. For the most part, they were Muslims reading and writing their own books, right? So once the slave owners saw that they were capable of reading and they saw that even by removing certain parts of the Bible, the slaves were still able to understand 
what was written in the Bible, they began banishing reading altogether. So this denied the generation of slaves born here in America the ability to read and write. That level of knowledge was lost, thus allowing the slave masters to continue to only teach what they wanted concerning the Bible, right? So now the word of God had become so ingrained within the black slaves that although they could not read the Bible, they started interpreting the Bible for themselves from the sermons that they had heard from before. You know, that's how stories get passed down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. So those generations of slaves that were allowed to go to church when they were hearing those sermons, they passed those stories on to the others, right? So as time went on, the slaves began teaching themselves what they believed the Bible said. And when the white worshipers began banning the black slaves from entering into the churches altogether, the slaves started creating their own places of worship. And they called these places praise houses. It was in the praise houses where the slaves would gather to sing, dance, and commune together to worship God. This was the place to learn information that was happening with the other slaves. And as you can recall, Hebrews 10, 25, and I'm reading from the new King James version says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exalting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching the day, meaning the day when Jesus is going to return. But when you think about it in that, in that sense, many looked at the black lives matter movement from last year and from before calling it this new emerging movement of black people fighting for their rights. And others had even hearkened it back to being like the civil rights era. But the truth be told, black people have been fighting for their rights since they set, since they stepped foot on American soil. It was there back in the praise houses that the actual black movement was birthed and it was birthed within the walls of the church. Black churches gave us the ability to hang on when everything else in our lives was telling us to let go. The hardships that the slaves had to endure day in and day out without the church, could they really have survived? I mean, think about it. The black slaves saw themselves as the Jews of old. So all they wanted to do was worship God. If we worship God, we could be free like the Jews. He would certainly come to free them. This was the belief and the hope and the faith that gave black slaves the strength to continue working day in and day out on the plantations. Now from this strength emerged the thought once again, that if the Bible stated that God created man in his own image, then God must look like me, a black man, a black woman, a black child, 
This was the understanding that the black slaves started believing that if God created man in his own image, then we had a God that had created us in his image and he looked like us as well. Because how could everyone else have a God that looks like them and everybody else sees God as looking like them, but it didn't allow the black people to think that God looked like them? With this concept of who God was and how he looked, it changed the role of the church and the role that God played in their lives forever. After the Emancipation Proclamation and the promise given to the slaves that they would be given a certain lot of land to rebuild their lives, churches became more prominent in the lives of these newly released souls. But as with everything else, the freed blacks in the North were accustomed to worshiping as they had been instructed by their white counterparts they were refined they were reserved whereas the freed blacks from the south were more expressive with their worship singing and dancing and allowing their bodies to express the presence of the holy spirit this is where we have our formation of the various denominations methodist episcopalian catholicism being the more refined, as was Baptist. But with the Southern Pentecostals displaying more forms of physical expression, each division wanted to have the ability to worship God how they believed was the correct way. And here we are today living with the most segregated hour in our nation, Sunday at 11 a.m. So now, if we were to go back to the basics, we would have to begin with, first of all, allowing all of the promises of God to be for everyone, not just a select few, not just for those who are highly educated, wealthy, sophisticated, or versed in the rules of etiquette. We would have to allow all to be able to express how they feel about God in their own style. And a clear example of this is in 2 Samuel 6, 2 Samuel 6, 14 to 16, 20 to 23. Now, I'm going to read it for you first, and then I'm going to give you the story behind it. David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the trumpet. Now... As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord 
and she despised him in her heart. Then David returned to bless his household and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Now, this story is going back to where Israel had a war. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was stolen. And when it was taken, God, God actually had taken it and put it in someone else's house. And David was upset because the Lord was upset that he said he wanted the Ark of the Covenant to be in someone else's house. But wherever the Ark of the Covenant was, that's where the blessing was. So David wanted to go back and get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it back into the city so that the people in Israel could be blessed of the Lord. So when he went back and he got it, they were dancing in the street because they finally had it back and they knew that the blessing of the Lord was back with them. But Saul's daughter was looking at David like, oh my gosh, look at the way you're dancing in the street and acting like a fool in front of all these handmaidens. You know, you're, you're like, you're embarrassing yourself. You're the king. How are you doing this in front of all these, you know, all of your servants? But he said to her, he's going to worship God any way he feels like worshiping, worshiping him because he was happy that he was able to get the presence of the Lord back into the city of David in Israel. So he was telling her and to all those people that you're saying that's looking at me like I'm nothing, they will honor me because they also want to give worship to God for having his presence back amongst the people. So with him telling her that, she was barren. She never had any kids because I guess God was like, hmm, you're getting on him for worshiping me. Well, I'm going to show you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show you what your mouth just got you. But long story short, it's the same thing like today. You'll have people in church and they'll worship a certain way and you'll see others looking at them like, oh, they really, what, did they have to do all that? Well, you know, she really wasn't full of the spirit. You know, she was just cutting up and acting up. Everybody just needs to allow everyone to worship God the way they worship God and let God handle who's not doing it right, who's doing it right, who's faking it, who's not faking it, who's pretending, who's not pretending. We're so accustomed to want, want to bring out who's doing what and not doing what, but we need to be checking ourselves, right? We really need to be checking ourselves. But with that, I'm going to go for a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn 
sounds like. My Lord, I have read this book so many times, but nowhere can I find the page that says what I experience today. Crown from a king, breaking angels' wings, but you never. 
take my pay Eres tú Como el agua de río Que va bajando Llenando este vacío Eres tú Como la primavera Que va secando El invierno que hay afuera Y deja que te explique Sabía lo daba por hecho, derecho. El camino recorría por mi esfuerzo. Era monotonía, vivía en la fantasía de no necesitarte. Pero tú llegaste con tu cruz e iluminaste todo con tu luz. Tú gracias lo que hace lo imposible. Nada puede abatirme porque tú estás conmigo. Fueron muchas veces que te di la espalda. Te parabas frente a mí diciendo que me amabas. Yo solo sé.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards, here on Radio Free Brooklyn. So now, it's time for the part of the show that we call Op-Ed. And today's Op-Ed, I'm not going to take anything from the headlines and break it down or give my spin on it. I'm going to continue the conversation that I started in the first part of the show, talking about the role of the black church or the church itself, not even just the black church, the church itself in our lives, right? Now, when you think about it, the church, it plays a part in everyone's life. Like I said, people go to church for whatever reason they go to church for. Everybody has their own reasons for why they attended church when we were able to attend church. And for also why we didn't attend church when we were able to attend church. And I say all that to say, you have to understand that God is not that brick and mortar building church. And once we get that clear understanding, that's when we'll really begin to understand who God is, who he is in our lives and the part that he plays in our lives and the part that we then have to play when he is a part of our life. Now, let me break that down for you. When I started the show, I talked about how the church was like a sanctuary. It was a safe haven for the slaves. It was a place where they could go to feel like there was some sense of why they were even still living. It gave them the strength and the hope to keep living because given the harsh conditions that they were subjected to working on those plantations, it was rough and they needed something to take their minds away from all of that. And church, the belief in God, the belief in the Bible gave them that, right? So now today, fast forward to 2021 after what we had with the pandemic last year, 2020, being that was the year of vision, this being the year of truth. When we see how the churches were shut down, you could not get to church. You could not physically get into church, right? But that still didn't mean that God wasn't still moving and doing what he would normally do if you were in church. He was still doing the same things. The same things that God was doing in 2019 when you were in the church building, he was still doing them in 2020 when you were in your own home. He was still doing the same things. God was still God. He had not changed. The only thing that changed was you, how you felt that you could access him. That's what changed. And I look at church as, for most, it's a place where, those who are feeling oppressed or depressed or outcast could go and feel some type of relief and comfort. That's what the church was supposed
supposed to be about, right? You, we were supposed to open our arms to all who felt like that to make them feel more comforting. But I say all that to say, yes, the slaves used that the, the church as that solace for themselves because that's all they had at the time. But now fast forwarding, like I said, to 2021, we as black people, we as people of the body of Christ should not still be looking for the church to be that, oh, give me comfort. Oh, give me hope. Oh, help me. No, we should not still be singing those old songs that they were singing when they were in the fields to help them make it through their days. We are now in a position we have a better understanding because we are able to read the Bible. We are able to get an understanding. And for those who are or who used to sit under a pastor who was giving the truth from the word, will know that everything that you need to survive, everything that you need to make it in this world, God has already given it to you. God gave it to you when Christ died on the cross. Everything that you needed from day one to succeed, he gave it to you. And I think that's why they really didn't want them to read that word because had they let them read that word and they really got that into their spirits that everything that I need to be who I want to be, God had already given it to me, they would have had a rebellion long time ago on, on those plantations. A long time ago, it would not have taken the Civil War to get a fight going. Trust and believe. But I say all that today, I say all that right now to say that everything we need to create a better world for ourselves and not think about what someone else is trying to put on us, trying to hold back from us, trying to deny us from having, we could already have it because God already gave it to us. It's all within us. We just have to access it, believe that we have it and implement it to make it so. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to show you exactly in the word where it says it. We're going to go to second Peter and we're going to read from second Peter. And we're going to start with verse three. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So now when you think about that, he's already telling you through his divine power, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you already have everything within yourself to be, create, to do, to become, why are you sitting around waiting for somebody to change a rule, a law, a, a a thought process, a thought within a system. Why are you waiting for them to change that? You don't have to wait for them to change that because you have the ability within yourself 
to make your own system to circumvent their system. If that's the system they want to operate in, let them operate in that system. You can create your own system. And yes, we are starting to do that through our businesses, through schools that are now being, being erected that we have, we have, and we've always had the power to create our own destiny. We've seen it from the other cities that were created, that were destroyed, but I'm not going to go into that because we've already touched upon that last year in black history month, but we know what we're capable of doing. What we have to do now is stop feeling so sorry for ourselves. I'm talking about collectively and just keep pushing. Trust me, if the slaves can make it off the plantation and they found ways to keep each other encouraged, there's no way that where we're living here right now today that we can't find ways to encourage one another. And that's what we should be thinking about doing. That's how you build each other up. That's how you create a better community, a better environment for all. And with doing that collectively, there's more power in numbers than there is when we're separate. And that's what we should be thinking about. That's what we should be doing. That should be our goal going forward because nothing is going to go back to the way that it was. And if you really think about it, do we really want it to go back to the way that it was? Because the way that it was, wasn't good for us. So we should be happy that everybody's starting at zero. Now that pandemic hit everybody in the same place at the same time. So right now we're all starting from zero again. What you make of when you go from zero to your 60 in how many seconds is up to you. But you definitely have the capability of going from that zero to 60 in however many seconds. Hey, look, the word says faith without works is dead. So that means you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't put any action behind it, you're going to get nothing. It's dead. And now when we say action, we mean go do something. Yes, there are things set up against us, but we can use it to our advantage. It's not being anti-government or being, oh, it's systemic racism. We already know that that exists. Yes. But since we know that it's there, use it to benefit you. Use it as a pro-living Use it as a tool to, I'm going to be pro-living. Okay, they are using the system to hold me back, but use the system to get ahead. That same system could be worked either way you look at it. Either way you look at it. They're using the system, you use the system. Because God has already given us, given us everything that we need to be successful, right? Everything that we need to be successful successful. I believe our biggest problem is we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. We don't want to be uncomfortable for anything or anybody. But one thing we have to remember, if we're going to be unified as a body, that means that we're going to have to give up some sacrifices. 
we're going to have to sacrifice some things and it might make us a little uncomfortable for a moment, but we could either be uncomfortable for a little bit or we can continue to be uncomfortable for a lot and continue to complain about it. The choice is up to us, right? The choice is up to us. And that's the end of op-ed. So now with that, we're still going to keep with our word because this is the last day of the month. So our word is truth. No, our word wasn't truth. Our, our theme was truth. The theme for the year is truth. Our word for this month was accountable. And how fitting is it that accountable with everything that I just talked about today, that accountable would be our word for this month. Let's see how we're going to hold ourselves accountable to get to that from zero to 60 in however many seconds in order to fulfill what it is that we want for ourselves because we've already heard from the word how we have everything that we need that pertains to life, right? So let's see. Let's see. Are we going to hold ourselves accountable to do it? Let's see. So our promise, our promise for today is going to come from 1 John three eighteen. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. With that, I want to say, be careful. I know restaurants went up to 35% in New York. Still wear your mask. Still wash your hands. Still social distance. We are still in the midst of a pandemic. Be safe out there. Enjoy yourselves. And until we meet again, God willing, peace. They told you that you couldn't do it cause you washed up Ain't like them bad girls said you should get your salsa But I got this plan and you might not understand I'ma go hard as I can and I'm gonna be the boss of it Just watch me do this, put no limits, only swag on it Walk right up to the front where I belong and brag on it
Place where his glory. 